0: This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit FilmGeekRadio.com for more great shows.
1: Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo.
0: Hello, Andrew.
1: Hi, Monica. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm all right. Just getting high. On life? On the rock. On the rock. (laughs) On the rocks. Yes. On the rocks? (laughs) On the rocks, sure. (laughs) I also
0: have to look up how drugs work, so I'm going to use Wikipedia for that, too.
1: Just Google it. Just Google (laughs) drugs. (laughs) See what happens.
0: I guess there is a copyright infringement. I have to use Wikipedia.
1: All right. We're, we're, we're also privileged to be joined today by Charlie Nash. He is a writer for your magazine, Emerson, where he writes about film. How are you doing today, Charlie? Welcome to the show.
2: I'm doing good. Thanks again for having me, you guys.
1: No problem. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving into snitch And really uh, figuring out what's going on in this movie, because there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Far too much stuff. That we could talk about. Uh, This is part two of episode number 38 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Snitch. So if you're looking for part one, uh, go away. We don't want you here. You're listening to the wrong file. If this is your first time listening to Cinema Fix, you're forgiven. But you should be aware that this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part is a general spoiler-free discussion, and the second part, which you're listening to right now, is the more in-depth analysis of the movie, complete with spoilers, and it's designed to be listened to after you've seen the movie, or at least heard part one Again, this is part two, so if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now and go check out part one of our episode on Snitch. Uh, We're not going to bother recapping what the movie's about. Let's just dive right into things. But first, here's a clip.
0: Daniel, thank you for not ratting me out. Believe me, man, I thought about it. If I don't go through with this, then I can release my son. What you don't understand, man, you... You play nice with the feds, man, but what happens when Malik
1: and everyone finds out you're an informant? What happens to me, that puts me right with you. They know I'm a rat. They will hunt us down, man. They will... they
0: got to come after our families, John. Daniel, I know I'm the one who put us all in this danger. And I gotta live with that. There is no way that I'm gonna let either side
1: dictate our fates. All right, this is part two of our discussion of Snitch. The first thing I want to talk about in this movie, I mentioned it in part one, Barry Pepper's facial hair. I love you. (laughs) Incredible. You're amazing. This guy deserves an Oscar nominate. Costuming, (laughs) makeup, whatever. Whoever came up with that idea for that goatee deserves some serious award consideration. That thing has a life of its own.
0: I would have forgotten about the movie otherwise. Uh,
1: but I mean, it went through so many phases. Like there were certain scenes where it was really scraggly, and then like at the end of the movie, he had he had it tied up in like a br- uh, a, a little braid.
0: Wait, did he have it in a braid? I thought well, it was not a braid, always scraggly.
1: It wasn't always scraggly. He had like a band around it at one point. He 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 had the goatee equivalent of a ponytail. I'm not sure what that term for that goatee is. Goatee
0: equivalent of a mullet. <laughs> that
1: would have been, Yeah, that would have been great
2: if there was a scene where they're like eating at a fast food joint and he's got like, you know, fries in his beard and just well, a piece ra- of
1: hamburger. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just call it a goat tail. He had a goat tail.
0: He had a goat tail.
1: Yes, at the end of the film. And it was incredible. And I mean, you look at Barry Pepper in this movie and you know this guy has seen some stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is an agent for the FBI. <laughs>
1: They say at one point in the movie that he's, he's been undercover yeah. before, so he, like, has experience basically being a gangster. And you just look at him and you know, this guy's done hard drugs. Uh, this, guy, <laughs> this guy has done some stuff. He, has he doesn't need
0: Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> he doesn't need Wikipedia. Like, he was one of the most interesting characters in this movie to me. I, I was like, more, more screen time for Barry Pepper. Please. Like can he and The oh, Rock no. just team up? I want him and The Rock to team up and go just destroy the Mexican drug cartel together. I want a buddy cop movie with the rock. Uh, and bring, Barry back uh,
0: bring back chips. Bring back chips
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll even get a Barry
2: Pepper prequel where we can get like you The know, story
0: behind the goatee.
2: Yeah. And we'll get all the Wikipedia yes. footage too.
1: <laughs> I would totally watch that movie. I'm there.
2: Yes. I'm there.
1: Snitch two. Two. facial hair whatever whatever you want to call it
0: stubbles <laughs> stubbles <laughs> yeah stubbles
2: <laughs> i would have much rather watched a documentary on the makeup of barry pepper's beard than the movie itself
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well, well let's talk about that what I mean, we, we, we talked in part one about how the movie is just kind of a mess at least tonally speaking. You're not quite sure what... There, there, there's a gap between what you expect versus what you're actually getting. And I want to ask you, like, is what we're actually getting other... Okay, a- aside from the casting of The Rock, which we agree was probably the biggest mistake here. If, if there was another more ordinary-looking person in this role, would it be a good movie? Would it be worth discussing? Would it be worth recommending? Is it doing anything noteworthy?
2: Well, another problem I have with this film is that the son, the Rock's son in this film, isn't so much of a character as much as he is a plot device. We don't know this kid at all. The only thing we see him doing before he gets arrested is, do you know, picking up drugs. And then it's a film where... He Skypes.
0: They- he Skypes.
2: Oh, he does Skype. He Skypes with his friend. But, like, it's a film where... Characters are developed through really bland dialogue, like, you know, we're just supposed to believe this kid is an angel because
1: everyone goes, no, no, he's a good boy. I don't think we're supposed to believe he's an angel. You know, the film doesn't tell us a lot about him, but it does let us know that he, he he's done some drugs, mm-hmm. he's got a bit of a rebellious streak, he's not doing so well in school, and I mean, he, they, he, they pretty much established in the first scene, he's going to he's going to sign for this package and then he's going to take some of the pills for him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I think they established from the very beginning, he's not perfect. Okay. Like he's got issues. He's made some mistakes. He's not a very sympathetic person, but I think the issue the film is trying to get at is it's trying to say, okay, even so does he deserve this sentence? Yeah. You know, yeah. he's a, he's a stupid kid who's done some stupid things, but does he deserve it? And the, the film's answer to that is definitely not. It's sort of an issue movie about these minimum sentencing laws for first-time drug offenders. And for me, I was I was okay with that overall. I was okay with that being the entry point into this crime drama about a guy trying to go undercover to help his son, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they say at the beginning it's based on true events. I don't know to what extent that's the case. I don't know if they actually mean it's based on a specific person or it's just based on the fact that these minimum sentences actually exist.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I oh think
1: yeah. It's possible they might just mean it's based on a real issue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is something that could potentially happen. Yes, to a really good kid.
1: So, so I, I didn't have a, a problem with that. I do think it's it, it, it's it's weird because again we go into the movie thinking that this is going to be a light action movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie has some dark stuff in it.
0: Yeah. The kid getting beat up in jail.
1: Yeah. No. 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 Let's just say it. That kid's getting raped. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a that kid is getting raped in prison. Yeah. yeah. Multiple times, constantly. He is getting beat up. He is being sexually assaulted. Like, this movie goes dark places, and it doesn't quite seem to want to really deal with the implications of that. Yeah. It's going to acknowledge that this is awful and that terrible things are happening. Well, I think
0: what they don't even let him see the kid after he ends up in the hospital. Yeah. They don't let him see him until he's released.
1: Right. We're not
0: going to talk about his post traumatic stress and.
1: I mean, like it's that. it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, like they yeah. never come out and actually say it, but we know. Yeah, like that kid's been raped.
0: And they also keep looking at the guy who's sitting two chairs down from him and, like, oh, giving him the stink eye. That
1: was kind of unintentionally
2: hilarious, though. And I feel terrible for laughing because, you know, prison rape isn't funny. But the fact that the guy right. was always looking at him like, with oh, once family, you're gone like, with your red dad, red. Red. I'm going to have fun with you. And I was just kind of like,
1: uh. "Like it he's just your stereotypical black criminal exactly. like, looking over like, oh, yeah. oh uh,
2: I was rolling can't wait eyes. to get some of
1: that. Yeah. And... I don't know. It, it, it's just weird. Like, clearly, terrible things are happening to this kid, so you, you, you can sympathize with the main character and how he's willing to do anything mm-hmm. to stop this. But at the same time, the movie kind of tries to brush it aside, like, The Rock comes and gives him, like, this big inspirational speech, like, I'm proud of you. Ugh. Like yeah. Oh
2: man, I hated there. that. I hated that too. I was and they've so got, mad. They've got the piano playing in the background. Like as soon as the sun comes out, the sad music plays. And right, you know, like well, you know, I would have been fine with if it was just a conversation with no music, and I didn't feel like it, the movie was so obviously trying to emotionally manipulate me. It, it might have worked. Also, it is a very dark film, but it's also PG thirteen, and I feel right. like if it was rated R. I'm not saying we need, like, graphic, brutal, like, rape scenes or anything like that. I'm just saying it could have examined it at a, with a grittier edge, you know?
1: Yes, the movie is caught in this world of trying to be a serious issue movie that deals with these dark things, but also trying to be a fairly mainstream movie starring the rock yeah. mm-hmm. and it just cannot there's just no way to bring those two worlds together like i and again a lot of it goes back just to the to the casting of the rock mm-hmm. like if they had cast paul giamatti or some some just normal looking dude mm-hmm. some sad sack in this role i could believe that he's gonna go to prison and the best thing he can do to help his son is just say i'm proud of you Try to hang in there, because that's all he has. Mm -hmm. But because it's The Rock, I kept expecting him to just look at at his son and be like, Hey, toughen up. I see this guy over here looking at you. If he messes with you, punch him in the face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I was expecting him to just break him out with his knuckles, like...
1: I was expecting him to like tell his kid, "Hey, I Wikipedia'd how to make a shim."
0: Have to do. I have this cake for you. Yeah. Yes. Inside, there's the goods.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah, because because it's the rock. That's what I keep expecting. I keep expecting him to be like, "Hey, man, toughen up." I love you. Here's what you. Here's what I would do in this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, you know? yeah, I kept expecting it to go into camp
2: territory and I was almost rooting for it. The scene where he goes to buy all the guns, I was like, oh boy, this is going to turn into like the end of the rundown where The Rock just shoots everybody and it's just going to be like a B movie. And, you know, the fact that they didn't do that Is interesting, kind of ambitious for this type of movie, but at the same time I felt like it built up to, here comes this amazing action sequence, and it was a little more realistic than most other action sequences, which is fine, but it, you know, it consistently teases us that this is going to be this hardcore action movie with The Rock in it. Right. It's it's not that at all.
1: It is...
0: Like Drive wasn't actually about cars.
2: Yes, but Drive was a good movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, some woman tried suing. That's the that's the joke I was pointing out. Is that marketing? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: You know, leading you somewhere else. Yeah,
1: no, it's a good. I mean, to the film's credit, it is trying to explore some interesting issues. Like we haven't even talked about it all. John Bernthal's character. You know, he's an ex-con who's trying to to get a job, trying to get his life on track. Mm -hmm. Who's like very adamantly like i do not want to do this get involved (laughs) with this yeah Yeah. like i i have have messed up and i'm really trying to get better and improve my life and i actually felt was kind of invested in his storyline like i was kind of interested in seeing is this guy going to be okay. Like, I
0: was a lot more scared for him than I was for The Rock.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because he also, his performance was, you know, so good and he was actually well casted for that role, unlike The Rock.
1: Yes, I could actually buy that this guy was an ex con and who was trying to get his life back on track, whereas I look at The Rock and I can't see him as a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wonder, like, what if they had switched the roles? Hmm. Like, what if John Bernthal was the normal, everyday dude who runs the trucking company <laughs> and The Rock had, like, his beard or whatever and was kind of the gruff-looking ex-con? I don't know. Would that have worked? I'm not sure, but I think it might have been a little bit better. It certainly
2: would have been a better film. It's just that, you know...
0: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, but the studio would be like, oh, this is, you know, someone uh, no. people only know from The Walking Dead, and he's not a movie star, so we have to throw right. The Rock in there. So, unfortunately, from a business standpoint, it does make sense. But the film could have been a lot better if that was the situation.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the movie really is trying to look at the drug war and how people, you know, get wrapped up in it. How they how they end up going to prison, and then how hard it is once you've been to prison to get out to mm-hmm. get to get out and to sort of just get your life back yeah. on track. And so I thought that I thought that it was hitting on some interesting themes and some interesting topics. But
0: he'll pick them up and then drop them.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
0: Because eventually he like kind of falls out of the picture altogether towards the end.
1: A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Also, can we t- actually can we talk about his big climactic moment here? Uh, he goes to 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 Malik's.
0: Malik's house. Yeah.
1: Malik mm-hmm. played by what's his name? Michael Williams.
0: Yeah, Kenneth Williams.
1: The guy who played Omar on The Wire. Uh, yes. Everyone just always thinks of him as Omar. And, and and so he gets into this big shootout with him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just so he can get the contact information for the leader of the Mexican cartel. drug cartel. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, like, there's this moment, like, he's he's shot Malik, Malik is lying on the floor, dying, and Malik just, like, gives up the information. Yeah, Yeah. Sort of like... You've beaten me. Here you go. I respect you. And yeah. I was just kind of like, really? Yeah. He's just, he... gonna, he's just gonna give it to him,
0: especially after really? you hear all the stuff that he Malik did to like his rivals and mm-hmm. you know people who betrayed him before. How he gutted them and like all this violent stuff that they talk about. And then all of a sudden, like he just slides his cell phone across the floor.
2: I mean, doesn't? Mal- yeah, Malik probably has a family too.
1: I feel like you know within this. Cartel. I mean, yes, Malik's just a local dealer, but he seemed to be the kind of guy that would be like, "No, even if even if I die, yeah, I'm not giving up any info." Well, doesn't
2: mm-hmm. he have friends or family that might get hurt if he gives up that information? Like, I, I maybe, yeah. yeah, like you know,
1: that moment just was felt really
2: convenient to me. <laughs> yeah, it was also very poorly shot. I believe I actually during that scene I looked to Monica and I said, "What's going on?" like and i just you know like
0: and during the mm-hmm. whole shootout it was like
2: yeah i don't think the film was shot well and i think it definitely needed a better I,
1: I think the action was shot okay that scene i agree it was hard to figure out like wait which room are each of them in and mm-hmm. where are they yeah. in relation to each other yeah it, yeah that kind of getting some Die Hard five vibes from how that this scene is- was directed but yeah, that that sort of bothered me a little bit. I will say that final action scene with the rock and the truck has the best shot in the whole movie and it's just grass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, is it when it's like flying through the air? Or is yes, it just it's, like it's just, on the side? The truck
1: the truck crashes and there's this quick shot of all of just the ground and grass just coming straight through the windshield. To the camera, yeah. straight at the camera, and then you see it sort of flying, th- and then there, it cuts, and you see it sort of going through the uh, through the the window in slow motion mm-hmm. almost. And I that that one I was kind of like, okay, that was kind of a cool shot. I mean, considering this is a movie in which the biggest injury the rock's going to walk away with is a few grass stains, at least they filmed it.
0: They broke his leg. He was on crutches (laughs) that did.
1: Oh yeah. Oh I guess you're right. I had forgotten that. I did too.
0: (laughs) A hospital stay and some grass stains. (laughs)
2: Life is hard. (laughs) That'd be a great thing to put on the poster though. The best shot is of grass. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, But yeah, that was a cool shot and uh i mean overall there were there were a few fun little moments like that in the movie it was not a total waste
2: i feel like i had fun for all the wrong reasons uh, another one of my <laughs> uh, no seriously like the script was ju- it just took me out of the film so many times because there were just so many lines where i just i just found it to be so unintentionally funny i couldn't help but laugh like there's one scene i think it's uh the rock comes home to his uh G- girlfriend or uh, new, wife new, new wife, wife, new wife, new excuse wife. Excuse me. And you know he looks out the window and it's nighttime, and he's and he says, "Are the sprinklers on? Does everything have to go to?" And, and I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> like that. That's like the least of your problems right now, buddy. I don't know. It was just so over the top. And um, Monica was actually um, she guest starred on the post movie podcast with Steve Head uh, earlier last week, and he also pointed out. So many lines end in bro or bra that it was just like, it felt like a macho movie. Again, it felt like it was coming out of a macho movie. And Mm -hmm. so many of the characters' relationships are just kind of developed through I love you or, you know, like, oh, we're going to be okay. I love you. It's okay. Like, it was just, I, I had no idea who these people were. I, why I you that, should care. why I should care. I feel like every female character was underwritten, inc- including Susan Sarandon, who I always love. And, and you know, the scenes with The Rock and his um ex-wife I thought were actually, like, pretty painful. I actually don't think... Oh, the- okay,
1: let, 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 let's talk about those scenes. Yeah. Because they, they have this subplot running through here involving The Rock's personal life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how he, he's got an ex-wife... Uh, His son lives with her, um, so she's very upset when he's arrested, but then he also has his new wife and his new family, Mm -hmm. and of course she's concerned about him becoming a drug dealer, naturally, and so many of those scenes where there's supposed to be this domestic conflict just did not work. It's, it's, yeah. it's. I don't know if it's, if it's the dialogue in the script or if it's the, the performances. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they are pretty
2: painful to watch. Well, there are <laughs> scenes where his ex wife breaks down and I honestly don't think her performance is bad, but like, we're supposed to get such a dramatic, you know, uh, it's supposed to hit us hard dramatically. And I have no idea who this woman is, you know, like she breaks down crying. I just didn't buy it. And, also, another one of my favorite lines is when he goes to um, check out his son in the hospital, and he goes up to his ex-wife and he says, "Is he under my name or yours?" And she said, "Mine." Why would you even ask that? And I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, t- why would you ask that to set up, you know, the character development?" Like <laughs> it just—it uh, was just so right. clunky. Like uh, I don't know. It was just okay, so... and
1: also like when we're first introduced to her, okay, the ex-wife, she's played by uh, Melina I think you pronounce it Kana Caretis. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an actress from CSI New York. Yeah, and that whole first scene, she's basically just worried, crying, and complaining the entire time. Like exactly. he's like, "Hey, let's let's wait and see what's happened. Let's see what the situation is." And she is just like freaking out and like kind of blaming the Rock uh, at times yeah. for all of this. And it, it, and I just came away feeling like. Well, no wonder he divorced you. Like, no, no, no. You did not divorce him. <laughs> he divorced you. Okay, you are a pain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh- <laughs> it's just such a one-note character, too. Yes, she just comes across as the the biggest bitch. To be blunt, that I was, I was just found myself thinking, why, why would he even want to deal with her? Like, she's she's just so irritating. And so He's more the of a whole time- character. And as a result, that relationship doesn't feel very realistic. It it feels like The Rock, he's kind of the perfect guy. He wants to do well. He's mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. He's optimistic. Uh, he wants to be a good father. He's pretty much perfect, mm-hmm. whereas everyone else is just totally messed up. Yeah. That felt very fake to me.
2: Every single female character does nothing, apart from Susan Sarandon, but she's... Like, apart from Susan Sarandon, every female character is meant to whine and cry and be scared. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, you know, I didn't feel like they were characters. I just felt like it was just, you know... Oh, this will emotionally manipulate them and make them feel worried or scared because this woman's crying. And like, then Susan Sarandon is just this uptight bitch of a upcoming politician that like,
1: right? She's she's just like, oh, I can't help you. My hands are tied. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like every woman in this film is just so unpleasant and shrill, and it's kind of a little sexist, I have to say. Now that I didn't, I didn't even really think about it until now, but I just feel like you know, all the men do all the work in this film.
1: Right, like, like, Susan Susan Sarandon plays the district attorney, and she just seems, like, so cold. She doesn't care at all about the human side of of these laws and these rules that she supports. Mm -hmm.
0: What? A politician? Well,
1: it's, yeah, she's a politician, but it's just, like, she, like, The Rock explains to her, hey, this is how my son got screwed, and she kind of acknowledges... Wow, that really sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But at no point is she like I can do something about it. No. No. It's just sort of like hmm, I'm busy. Bummer, dude. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: The rock just suggests things and it's a little light bulb that goes up above her head and she's like, "Oh." Yeah. That might be Oh, that's work. terrible. But that might I can't be great for my political career. Oh my god. Yes, of course. Like, you know, she's right. never the one who comes up with any of the ideas that What, you know, are interesting to tackle with a subject like this, it's The Rock. And honestly, if she just contributed a little bit, it would have been a better film. Because I would have believed her as a character, as, you know, a politician that's trying to do some good. But, you know, like,
1: you know. At no point does she offer a compelling argument. Never. For why she can't help other than, oh, well, that's the law and it's a good law. Yeah. Yeah you know it, it it it's like here in she never once addresses the specific situation that's facing this family she just all she can talk about is the general yeah yeah you know, principle of it
2: and the only reason she goes along with it is so she can you know it will benefit her the only reason that she ever goes along with it is she thinks oh well i'll get more votes if i you know do this so
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i mean some of that stuff with her it Was slightly interesting, like, when uh, Barry Pepper's character decides not to take down Malik, and then later on he changes his mind and says, well, we shouldn't go after El Topo, and Susan Sarandon does want to go. I mean, some of that is a little bit interesting, but I found barry pepper's character way more engaging <laughs> <laughs> than
2: You're
0: biased. her you have a goatee bias <laughs>
2: maybe so yeah <laughs> plus barry pepper's a good actor too and i mean i love susan sarandon but like you know she can't do anything with that material it's just so i don't think it, m-
0: many people could do anything with the material i mean no. like you said before that dialogue was just clunky I don't think they fleshed out many of the characters. The rock was unbelievable. I mean, there's a lot of structural flaws in the film. I checked out way before Yeah. It was time to.
1: Um, alright, is there is there anything else either of you would like to say about Snitch? What am I forgetting? Mm, I've forgotten it already.
0: It was kinda it kinda struck me as odd. I don't I wouldn't pursue it so much as uh like, this is a thing that they did on purpose, but I like that the one uh, security guard we see in the prison, who happens to be a, a Mexican female, she is the informant to the cartel.
1: That seems a little bit far fetched. Yeah. To me.
0: For me, too, where I was like, what? Are they all connected? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then how El Topo, like, is so close to escaping at the end, and then Barry Pepper just happens to drive by. To catch by. him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of coincidences in this movie. One one interesting thing, I, I was trying to figure out, the, the middle portion of this movie, it feels like it drags a little. Oh, just a
2: little. Just, just a tad, just a tad. There's
0: a lot of waiting game.
1: Well, that's the thing. I was trying to figure out why is it dragging so much, and I realized... You know what it's because it's actually about this guy driving
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: he runs a trucking company, and Monica, you and I have complained in the past. About how there will be movies, <clears throat> Die Hard 5, in which <laughs> characters seem to just, like, magically transport to where they need to be. Yeah. They'll suddenly be hundreds of miles away in, like, Yo, that's ten a
0: long ride from, like, is from Missouri to the border. Yes. <laughs> that's and, and you, a good couple hours plus. Yes,
1: and to the film's credit, you actually feel it. Yeah. You know, like, the, the that portion of the movie feels a little bit slow. And you could argue that maybe they're trying to increase the suspense by having it feel sort of drawn out. But I don't know. I I think overall I'm more in favor of trying to slow down and drag things out a bit and show how people are getting from place to place.
0: And at least if that's going to be like a connecting thing, like someone's going to have a really good heart-to-heart, like they did in Die Hard 5, Maybe we don't want to rush that so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, solve I, I all mean, our
0: problems in less than five minutes. Well, lifelong hatred just all of a sudden dissipates.
1: Right. I mean, if this is a major event mm-hmm. where John Bernthal and The Rock have to go do this drug deal, then I feel like it's okay if the audience feels a little bit like they do. Like, whoa, this is taking a long time, but at the same time, what's going to happen when we get there? So yeah, overall, I was. It was weird. I, I, I didn't enjoy the drag, mm-hmm. but I sort of appreciated it. It, yeah. was, it. it was odd.
0: It is odd.
2: Yeah. Do you feel like that drag was intentional, though? Like, Do you think it was dragging because they wanted you to feel like it was dragging, or do you think it was dragging because it was paced so poor?
1: I'm not sure, and, and that's what I can't figure out. I can't figure out if it if it dragged just because it was poor editing, or if because they wanted you to feel that Drive, And they wanted you to feel the build-up to this this big drug deal and this turning point in the movie.
0: Also, is the title El Topo ruined for anyone else?
2: (laughs) I'll never think of that Jodorowsky movie the same way again.
0: I mean, that's all all I was thinking. I was like, all right, so now we should really be tripping balls, huh?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Now we're talking about drugs. Now I see. I know what this is.
1: Benjamin Bratt as El Topo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what a what a stock villain. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Was it like one step over from El Jefe?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Like he I mean, he has a mustache he could twirl. Yes. He yeah. This. It w- it was
2: better it was a better performance than Catwoman. I can say that. So
1: <laughs> Here's something I I thought about halfway through the movie, and I'm not sure they could make this work in a 2-hour movie. But I was thinking to myself, what if this turns into the movie version of Breaking Bad? Oh, then I, would, then I would love it. I'd be totally on board. He starts out like trying to do this for his family and then gradually winds up more and more enmeshed in this criminal underworld.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Breaking Bad <laughs> in my opinion is the best show on television right now
1: and It's a fantastic show. Absolutely. I'm not sure they could pull off that transition very convincingly in under 2 hours. But it, yeah, I was just thinking about that like, what if the rock just decided, "Hey, screw you, son. You know, you get what you deserve. I'm making a lot of money with this drug thing, so I'm going to go do that for a while."
2: It's also taken like, you know, five seasons at this point for Walter White to really break bad, like, you know, turn into the antagonist of the show. That's a ton of hours of television. We feel like, you know, we've seen so much of him. His character has been developed so well that his transformation is credible, whereas I feel like it would be very contrived in a two hour film. But who knows? I mean, I'm sure it could be done. It just, you know, this movie just wasn't the movie that could do it.
1: I mean, it it, it definitely feels like they came to this movie wanting to focus on the issues first. Yeah. Um, I mean, they even throw up the statistic at at the the end end of the movie about, you know, how many – about how, uh, you know, people that are convicted – first-time offenders for for drug offenses, you know, they tend to get longer sentences than people that are are convicted for, like, murder, rape, Mm -hmm. et cetera, on average – yeah. Like it's a
2: good point to make, but the film didn't feel like it earned that, you know? It just felt Is this
0: a vehicle to make that? Yeah. point.
2: It, it 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 feels like the kind of thing they should have somehow brought up in the movie. Exactly. As opposed to and it just felt so preachy as Monica said. It felt like it was just so heavy-handed and it well, almost cause... felt like it it felt like congr- self-congratulatory, like it felt like it was making this huge statement and they've done such a great job to show us that when really.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for part two of episode number 38 of Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in next week when we will be discussing Jack the Giant Slayer, the new movie from Brian Singer. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Please Write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You you can also donate to us uh, on the website. We really appreciate all your help and all your support. Um, All that money goes to fund the development of new content and and pay for our hosting fees and stuff like that. So it's really helpful. We, uh, We really appreciate it. Charlie, it's been awesome talking about Snitch with you. Where can people find you online and how can they connect with you?
2: You can find me at issue, that's I-S-S-U-U com slash EarMagEmerson. You can find me at Twitter at ctnash91,
1: uh, that's Nash, N-E-S-H. Monica, where can people find you online?
0: People can find me online on the Twitters at movies. that's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofca.com.
1: You can find some of my writing at com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me, a, uh, send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson.
0: I'm Monica Castillo.
1: And have fun this week getting high on drugs. i mean, Cinema